one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swamp Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How was your weekend? It was it was okay. I just played Red Dead Redemption Two in my pajamas. Nice. Literally, a whole day, whole day, I did not clean my teeth until five p.m. Nice, because I could clean my teeth in the game. But that's not something I want to talk about right now, Luke. What do you want to talk about I, right I now? I want to talk about what happened before we came into the studio to record this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean the situation that you made weird? I mean the uh, the borderline sexual assault that you conducted. So before we came, no, into- no, 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 no. Let me okay, do- you, all right, let you me t- tell this story. You tell the story then, and the 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 Swath Nation can decide. I'm there in the toilet, the men's toilet of where we work, and the layout is two cubicles and then two urinals. Mm-hmm. The urinals are very close together, and I'm at one urinal. One cubicle is taken, leaving one urinal and one cubicle free. And this man comes up right next to me and starts urinating in the urinal next to me. I'm like, well, that's a bit, that's a bit weird because, and, and you know, just not arrogant, but, you know, bit, you know, here's my dick. It was just a bit like, here's my dick next to you. Uh, when there was a, a perfectly free cubicle next, next to me. And I, you know, finished my business, stepped back to wash my hands. I'm like, that's Luke. <laughs> that's Luke's back. That's the back of Luke's hat. And I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? That's not the etiquette of the toilet. And you made it so weird. You made because, it weird in the first place. Because you're having this conversation with me while I'm trying to do my business. I want to know now what all of a the... sudden, Now all of a sudden, we're chatting while I'm trying to do my business here. You, you were the closest you've ever been to my exposed <laughs> penis. Well, our exposed penises were so close to each other. <laughs> is it, why is that not weird? Why is it only weird when I start talking to you? Because they From the safety of the back in the room. Because they weren't that close. Also, like, I, I always... I'm talking two feet. It's not... We're two feet between <laughs> our dicks. Because I always say, like, Red Dwarf put it best, when you're in the toilets at a, at a urinal, that it's just, it's like playing, it's like putting. 
you just your eyes are down you're focusing on the ball like you're not you're not looking around you're not getting distracted by other things you just go in there you focus on what you're doing and then you get out again no need for conversation no need for people to make things sound weird you made it weird you made it weird why did why did you not see the cubicle and think I'll go there because it's a cubicle. I'm not there to do a poo. Well, you just lift up the seats and you do, you do a standing. But that's what like they're there for for poos. And I didn't. They're not I don't exclusively there. there for poos. In fact, it is. I prefer to have a sit down. <laughs> I was just. It was for speed's sake that I was at the urinal. But you know, you've wounded me. Maybe I'll never use the, <laughs> the urinal again. Living in fear that I asked Andy Datsun, website writer, when you had gone forth afterwards to, to sort of sort out the wrestle ramble and I said do you think this is weird and he said I don't even pee if there's anyone in the toilet so I don't think he is the right person to be talking to about this because he's clearly much weirder about this than anyone else is I, I feel you know it's, it's not the fact that you did it I feel like such a like we're in a relationship now it's not the fact you did it it's the fact that you can't see why it's weird it's not <laughs> in the weird first place. It's a- okay, we, need, we need to settle this on a well this is unfair because everyone likes you so you're just going to win regardless no no, no that's not a win you won the last fantasy book in warfare it's because I'm very good <laughs> I'm very good at Twitter I'm very good at Twitter I'm better than you at Twitter yeah, you're at better at least. Twitter than me that, so okay so I feel like this is a new segment where me and you just put because <laughs> we disagree about a lot of stuff that isn't wrestling yeah yeah uh, and maybe we could put that out to the, the SWAF nation the pod poll the pod pole. There you go. I just I like came up with that. Pole. Speaking of you being very bad at your job sometimes, um, <laughs> we got this email in from uh, Paul Robinson, which had the uh, the strap line or the email subject line, angry email for Ollie about Sturgeon photos since he never checks his emails. Oh, did... <laughs> Listen here, Ollie. Angry face emoji. Brackets, not Luke, because I'm not mad at him. How dare you assume that I would send a credible, reliable, and consistent news program such as WrestleTalk fraudulent or doctored images of Sturgeon? Why would I send you a Photoshop picture of an amazing fish such as that? Have I been nothing but truthful in my comments and emails to you? Thoughtful face emoji. I'm sure if, air quotes, El Fakador were to give you the same photos, you would believe him and whatever he had to say. He's super trustworthy. It's not as if he were more trustworthy than a lowly listener such as me. Come to think of it, he is extremely trustworthy. You know, I think I should put him uh, in my will to take care of my priceless porcelain figures, not dolls, don't call them dolls collection. Ah, fake it or so trustworthy. Wait, where was I? Oh yeah, back to you, Oliver. The gall you had to believe I would make up information and send you this informational program to the forefront of the wrestling information market is unfathomable. The next time I see you at a wrestling event, preferably in Essex, I will knock your teeth in. I might even have Will and Scott help me out. I'm not sure who they are. Not that I need their help. Now, if I seem you, to forget... You do not get that. Paul Robinson is his name. Mm. That's the very scary wrestler from Essex who used to be in the Swords of Essex with Will Ospreay and... Well, Scott, something. I can't remember his last name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's the joke he was making. Okay. Uh, not that I need their help. Now, if I, now I seem to forget what you did to me. Just insult me for something and I'll proceed with the ke- uh, teeth kicking. Whoa. Well... Um, I, first off, I think that is sound legal advice for all of us to to include uh, Fake Door in our wills in some way mm-hmm. because of that element of trustworthiness. The, so the sturgeon's the fish thing, right? Yeah. That did look awkwardly 
photoshopped. You, we agreed on that. Well, no, you said it, it looked photoshopped. I think I, this I, is a case of me getting the heat of something we both agreed on. <laughs> hey, Swath Nation, let's do a pod poll right now. Is Paul Robinson a dirty liar? <laughs> Uh, well, let's, uh, let's try and even out some of this heat then because we've got an email here saying, uh, I like you, Luke, I really do, but sometimes you make it so hard. When you first read my name out, it was Sorry, absolutely... I thought you were going to continue. I like you, Luke, I really do. I like you a hell of a lot more <laughs> than some guys in the back. <laughs> uh, when you first read out my name, it was absolutely splendid. You did a great job, but then you messed up, Luke. Obviously, <laughs> I'm just joking. Many people get my name wrong. I'll definitely be emailing uh, in, so for future reference, my name is read Jem. I keep calling him Sam, because it's spelled C-E-M. Oh, okay. We've had this before. I'm pretty sure Jem has emailed in and asked me to say his name correctly, but for reference, I'm very bad at broadcasting, and I <laughs> often forget things. That's our charm. Like, I forget what happened on Raw two weeks ago. I'm not going to remember, and that's my, literally my job. I'm not going to remember uh, the pronunciation of some people's names. It's just uh, that's it's. I've got s- certain space in my head for things. Is that a Turkish thing? Who pronouncing the C and the E as a J? Uh, I don't know. I know because J is quite a. It's not. It's not really. It's usually, isn't it? Mm. J in in European languages. Well, maybe I've done it wrong again. Uh, yeah. Chem. Maybe it's maybe like chem. Yeah. Chem. Chem. Maybe. Who knows? Hey. Hey over there. So um, I need to bring up... Well, what about your weekend? Oh, uh, my weekend was lovely, actually. Um, just did lots of DIY on the Saturday, as per. Um, did a lot of Gargano and Champa. Lots of Gargano and Champa, yeah. And then on Sunday, hosted Friendsgiving, the second oh, yeah. Friendsgiving with some of my friends coming over for a lovely, lovely meal. I made two mushroom Wellingtons. Um, we did, like, roast carrots, roast parsnips, roast potatoes, some uh, sweet potato mash, mac and cheese, uh, peas, and... Uh, my wife took uh, made gravy over three days, so it was like super thick God, and flavorful. <laughs> whisking as slowly as yeah, possible. It'd like, be oh. cold by the time. She's <laughs> served it. So it was very very nice. Uh, it was it was very lovely. Do you get do you get presents for friendsgiving? And um, no, you just sit yeah. around and be lame and friendly. Yeah, we just we just enjoy each other's company. Nice. But speaking of food, I've got something that I need to bring up with you oh, okay. as, as a okay. boss. Um, as my em- employer, uh, mm. as, a, as a friend. But I'm going to start buying your food. <laughs> That's your expense. <laughs> but I think more like I- I'm going to come to you as, as, as a boss here. Okay. So we've got our, the Christmas party in this uh, office area mm. that we've got is um, well, it's the, the 13th of December. So it's the day That's before. the plan, yeah. It's the day before my birthday. Um, we did look to, to possibly go because, you know, the four of us can go. We'll bring our plus ones and everything yeah. like that. Um, but I do have to uh, bring up with you um, the, the the options for food. So it's delicious. So if you so option one, so this is definitely for for the meat eaters. Um, you've got a pulled pork pancakes with Dijon mustard sauce, roasted beetroot, and parsnips. That's your starter. Sign me up. Oh, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And then for your main, crikey, oven roasted turkey breast, Brussels sprouts, honey glazed parsnips, baby carrots, pigs in blankets, stuffing, and sage gravy. Oh, sounds absolutely delicious uh-huh. a, a meal fitting of a main course uh, and then christmas pudding with sauce on glaze with half a bottle of wine mm. and that uh, you know that is an excellent excellent option but what you know i know what you're thinking pod swafters i know what you're thinking while listening to this but what about the vegetarians i i what, what are they gonna get pod <laughs> what are, what are how they many <laughs> of the pod swafters really are thinking 
What about the vegetarians? What, what about option? what about the vegetarians? Considering that we work basically in the east end of London, where you trip over vegetarian restaurants and and veg and great vegetarian food, so you'd think. Man, there must be. It's a really forward-thinking place. They'll have excellent options for vegetarians. So I mean, well, let, let's have a look. Let's see, see what is it. creamy pumpkin soup as your starter. That's Tasty. Hey, man, I'm 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 no fan of pumpkin, but hey, it's a that, seasonal. That is a seasonal, seasonal thing. If in autumn, I mean, we're in winter now, so it's not really that seasonal anymore. But you know, hey, soup. Nothing wrong with soup. But I know what you're thinking. So you get oh man that roast turkey all the trimmings and everything like that you must get something similar for for the vegetable no it's it's mushroom risotto oh that sounds good it's another starter mushroom risotto is not a main course that is a starter I that is a second starter uh, look you only have three courses. And so it'll I'm getting two starters. It'll be a big risotto. Risotto isn't a starter. It is a starter. That's a, that's a rice thing. That is that is an entree. That is not a Whoa. main course. Compared if to, you want big portions, you're, you're following the wrong diet, mate. Compared to what the the option one is, a main course, a mushroom risotto does not sound like an equal like op, main course option, does no. it? That's not my fault. Uh, I, I, so I, never, you, you I never said it was your raise fault. It up. I, well, I, like uh, <laughs> Florence and the Machine, I want to raise it up. I, I would, I, I would be curious of the margins on the meat course for twenty-eight pounds per person. It does include a half bottle of wine, uh, which I, I presume meat costs more generally. And the vegetarians <laughs> are get not only getting cheaper food, they're getting less food. Yeah, less of it. Fewer foods. For, for the same price. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've rambled on enough here in this intro. We need to get on with the actual show. But if you are uh, one of our listeners who does not like us being too negative about the show, I would recommend skipping this episode because it is another negative Nelly episode. I'd say that Ollie is more negative than, than me, but, you know, <laughs> you know well, well, that's, pod a, pole. that's pod a pod pole. Pod that's pole. a pod poll. Right uh, but anyway, here is the show. Right, so this was a bad episode of Raw. If you are someone who does not like negativity, you know, maybe just skip this episode. Skip the next month, I think, because we're set up for a roundly depressing end to 2018 on Monday nights. And the the reaction online, on various reviews, on websites, on Reddit, in the Squared Circle thread, everyone, there's a lot of people saying this was the worst episode of Raw this year. Cage Side Seat said it was the worst Raw they've seen. I've had nothing, the only feedback I've had on Twitter to this show is that was the worst Raw of the year. Our Discord channel is filled with nothing but people saying that was the worst roar of the year. I thought last week's roar was much worse. Yep, I agree. I think last week's roar was was just awful. I guess it had the Ronda Rousey segment, which kind of saved it. And this week didn't have like any new redeeming segments. I guess you could argue the Seth Rollins Dolph Ziggler turned into a good match. But I have I have listened to that song. <laughs> To, to too many times. This is the Zephyr song yeah. by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> a very good song, but it was played to death in the summer of 2002, and I hate that song now. Yeah, and and it was a, it was a bad show. Like there was nothing really redeemable. There was nothing newsworthy about the show. It wasn't a very good show. But I I just feel like I was more upset with Raw last week because. It just completely ignored Survivor. Like it was the first show after Survivor Series, and it essentially just went. Ha, you all wasted your time <coughs> watching that show. You're all idiots for doing that. We're just going to move on with it. And this was just a continuation of that. So now that I'm past that point, I'm just like, 
well, it's just a bad show, I guess, now. And you were more irate about that because I had been telling you, Luke, <laughs> Survivor Series doesn't matter. And then you realised it for yourself. Well, I know. but And as the, the person who has been branded the negative one, despite the fact you and I had the exact same opinions, I was the one that was negative about the show. You were just funny. You've got, yeah, you've got to, you've got to smile a bit. Uh, Pete, <laughs> one of the Wrestle Tyke, re- Wrestle Tyke writers, Wrestle Talk writers. Oh, he that's to, cool. The Wrestle Tykes. The Wrestle Tykes. <laughs> Their leader's Andy Datsun. Uh, Pete came to like to to pop in to say hello uh, last t- last Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was like, I I remember Pete from the last time we met as being this happy, full of life chap that you can't and, wipe a smile off that man's face. He's too happy. Yeah. And he was he was talking to us, and I was like, man, you are negative, but you smile all the time and you laugh at stuff. So I just I walk away thinking, God, Pete's. God, he's a great he's a nice guy. guy. But actually, no, he's full of hate. He is, though, my favourite writer. Yeah. Oh, is he really? Yeah, I'm just going to put that out there. I just think he's my favourite writer on our website. You just put a cat amongst the wrestle types. <laughs> We've got loads of great writers. Anyway, um, we will get to a litany of stuff that was awful about Raw, but we're going to open the discussion at least with probably the most suffocating element of it, which is this main event authority figure bollocks that was set up at Crown Jewel and is somehow the main storyline in the company, really, because Raw is the flagship program. Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin is the main event storyline that opens Raw, that closes Raw, that's going to do that for the next couple of like weeks at least. It's going to probably have a main event position at TLC. If Braun is back. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing. Like This is the main event feud. The, the one guy who is kind of over isn't there for. Braun Strowman was ridden off TV last week with an elbow beatdown because he has to have real-life elbow surgery to fix some bone spurs there. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be off for at least, you know, three to four weeks, just getting back in time for TLC if he returns at all. So the way WWE are getting around this is Baron Corbin, who had Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley paired with him in the first place because, you know, how else would he take on Braun Strowman? So he's got this random assortment of heels anyway. The new dogs of war. The new dogs of war. Like, where's Dolph Ziggler? Oh, yeah, that, that partnership is just That has just done, been dropped. Just dropped. So, again, why care about anything if it's just going to disappear with no explanation? It's a really damaging thing to condition your viewers to think. And, yeah, see, but, but Braun, Braun's not even there. So who are the proxies for Braun? You've got Finn Balor, who's just going to get beaten up week after week. Fair enough. I've had that. I'm familiar with that. But this opening segment here was against Elias. And Elias... Fresh off his face turn. That was random as all hell. But you know what? It's worked. People wanted to cheer him anyway. He's super over. When that guitar string hits, I am excited. Yes. And, and it was. Because the three of them are in the ring cutting this like generic, <coughs> we're the baddies promo. It was all about, like, I hope you all enjoyed Thanksgiving, but we don't eat that Thanksgiving food like you idiots because blah blah we're heels and no carbs yeah and lastly oh man clearly Vince McMahon discovered the term beta male over Thanksgiving because they used it a lot on this show but that's now Bobby Lashley's new thing is saying that he is not a beta male because that's what we need in WWE Uh, and then Drew said he's thankful for beating up Braun and it's just generic heel 
nonsense. Having said that, no one got an injection in the butt, so probably was a better heel yeah. promo than what we got later in the show. Yeah, and and that's when like they Braun appears on the Titan Tron taped earlier in the day. He's sitting there. He's got like makeup on his elbow, I presume, to make it look all bruised and battered from the previous week. And he says, you know, they're they're having to figure out how to perform the surgery on me because they've never operated on an arm this big, which I, I thought that was a good line. It was great. I got a kick out of that. And he went to the, uh, the Mick Foley school of babyface promos because he literally said, I'd rather be right there in Milwaukee. <laughs> well, what went down in Milwaukee? The Milwaukee crowd was so hot. All n- well, to an extent. To an extent. They were, they were a great crowd and WWE gave them this garbage. <laughs> And, like, they tried, man. They tried. And this is why I will always go to bat for the crowd, mostly. Yeah. If, unless you just count ten all the time. Like, that, that's, <laughs> they, they wanted to have a good time, and WWE chipped away with every segment. Yeah, pretty much. Heel heat. Heel it heat. Was, it was heel heat, heel heat. And Corbin said that Braun is not going to be cleared by TLC, and that means that he will essentially win by forfeits the, the match is still going to go ahead and michael cole said during the match that strawman isn't cleared and he won't be at tlc so either they know he will be back by tlc and they're just going to continue on this storyline or raja reported today that uh, bray wyatt who was backstage at raw today is now being considered to be braun's replacement in the Baron Corbin feud should he not be able to get back. So they're still continuing this Baron versus Braun storyline. But according to Raja, there is a potential that it could end up being Bray Wyatt, who originally they had taken off TV to give a, uh, quote, refresh of his character. That may not happen at all now. All those tweets that he was doing throughout October, November, maybe just dropped and forgotten, all that Dr. Mercy stuff. And he's just going to come back as Bray Wyatt, babyface Bray Wyatt, to be the new face of raw because we've lost roman we've lost braun we've only built those two guys now what do we do and this this show really did feel like man you've lost the only two guys that you've really built and good lord do you feel it and seth rollins is tied up with the dean ambrose feud exactly he's busy elsewhere uh, so the, the, they cut this heel promo, and this is where a lo- the, the lights cut out. And yeah. I was confused for a bit. I, I thought, kind of forgot I this. Sabu was here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the, before the guitar string, Renee just goes, yes. yes. I thought she did it as the lights came, or like as the guitar strings no. went. No, no, no. no. She, she's, she's, she's bad. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was on your team, Renee. I want women to be good. You're bad, though. Like you as an individual. Again, I don't feel like it's her fault. I just feel like it's this company just. She wasn't away. good on NXT back in the day. No, no, she wasn't good. But she has great co- interviewer. She has good charisma. It's just when people are feeding her lines, I feel like that's when it, it's a certain skill to be able to be fed lines and say them legitimately, like a robot, like a robot. Uh, so then, like Milwaukee, go crazy for Elias. And he, he sings a fun song which sort of has Bobby Lashley sucks in it, I like which his... the crowd chant. Yeah, they, they sung along with the songs. That's really good. That's a really good use of Elias is to kind of like, rather than start chants, you start songs. Songs that people can sing along with. I did like saying that he, he said that Baron Corbin is, would be a terrible GM. Leo Rush would do a better job as general manager, but that would violate child labor laws. Yeah. Good line. So Elias, is, his performance is great. He's so good at deadpan stuff. I think that's the real comedic skill with Elias. Yes. And he actually, you know, because it's the bell then rings and he's not 
as engaging as he is on the mic or guitar. I, he he's the same. I feel about Baron Corbin. <coughs> I think Baron oh, I like Corbin matches. Well, I think Baron Corbin is a very good on-screen personality. I think that. I actually quite like him in this sort of interim general ma- or general manager elect. I think that's what they're calling him uh, today. That's their new term for it. I quite like him in this role. We were talking in the office. I heard a podcast talking about their fantasy booking for him is that he always remains like the assistant general manager. Like he just he earns the title assistant. And then he's like, I'm now the permanent assistant general manager. You know, this sort of like corporate suck up. I quite like that character. I have zero interest in watching him have a match with Finn Balor, though. Mm, again. Again. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. So Elias comes down, and this is where they have the Elias Bobby Lashley match. I th- I I feel like Elias is trying to be a babyface wrestler. Yes. he's trying. It's not. It's nowhere near as good as it needs to be yet. But he it isn't just his heel tactic. He's like sort of boring heel wrestling anymore. It's, yeah, he's at least trying some fiery stuff. Uh, particularly when he, he gets a good sequence on Bobby. It looks like he's going to win the match, but Leo Rush pulls out the referee last minute, and the referee's like, well, uh, Elias wins via DQ. Baron's like, no, you don't, because restart, because we're heels. They restart the match. And Elias has like a really good running round like fiery sequence it on was people. really really cool yeah. like he beat up drew and he beat up uh corbin and, and rush on the outside and then he grabs his guitar and and he gets back into it back into the ring but then drew uh attacks attacks him from behind and they all just lay him out and bobby stamps on the guitar and then we get heel heat and it's uh like and actually you know the the, the alabama slam onto the steps looked cool and like lashley mocked Braun by running around the ring and giving him a spear and they pushed him into an end of days and all this sort of stuff but it is very much heel heat it's the same heel heat we got last week on Braun as well and in the main event of that show the main event we got the yeah it's it's just the bookend of every Raw now seems to be Baron and his goons beating people up I just so we'll talk about the Finn match in a second which main evented the show and it ended the exact same way. Yeah. All the <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I've got a cough. All the all the heels come down and beat beat up Balor. So you're gonna get the heel heat to close the show. Finn Balor, I think, you know, he's a bit of a write off for a while because he's just been flattened out. But Elias has this momentum. Why not let Elias get the upper hand on these three guys and get the victory twice effectively because you know wins by dq baron restarts the match and he wins again and he beats up a, a few people in the process and you start to build this other guy and and then the heels get their heat back at the end of the show with finn i just that it's uh, and it's, it, it's really grinding away at stuff and it's really funny as well because they literally did this at starcade it wasn't shown on the networks then you showed like an hour's worth of the show itself but corbin comes out issues an open challenge bray white accepts it Bray Wyatt pins him like with a roll up, and then Baron rolls out and be like, "No, no, no, no! I didn't mean that. No, it's a no DQ match now." And then Bray wins again um, by beating Balor, uh, by beating Corbin rather, even though Drew and Lashley are doing their interference stuff. But the crowd are sent home happy because they've seen the goofy GM slip on a banana peel and get pinned twice. Yeah, and that's good babyface heat for him. And you're completely right, like. Elias could have got two wins here, snuck away with a victory. The crowd get way. We've seen good, the seen the good guy win, and then the heels get their heat at the end. But this this episode was just heat, 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 heat. And where was Finn Balor? Yeah, well, exactly, quite. And this happens all the time with Raw. Whenever a babyface is being beaten down six on one or whatever it is, the other babyface has never come out to mm-hmm. help. 
Balor gets like a, a, a backstage promo on his phone later on. And he just says, well, I'm going to be on the right side of history. I'm going to take on Baron Corbin. Which is a weird thing for WWE to say, seeing that their recent business practices. Balor's going to, you know, take on Baron Corbin in the main event. So it's like, so you're here? <laughs> so why didn't you just do that in this segment? Yeah. Just, ah. So the main event was Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin, which is just a punishing punishing end to a show anyway i couldn't believe this was the main event like i was waiting for something else to main event the show because they kept saying it was coming up and i was like okay yeah end of hour two that'll be end of hour two that can't be the main event of this show no no it was and it was as you'd imagine corbin dominate Balor makes a comeback corbin announces the two-on-one handicap match now so drew mcintyre comes out and claymore they win and then they lay out Finn after the match and just with do all Lashley. their moves. Lashley comes with down La- as yeah, well. Yeah, Lashley comes down as well. But like, because the crowd had sort of been worked out, the lack of heat from the crowd by the end of this show was quite spectacular. Mm. It was dull. Dud- deadened. Yeah. I just... And of all these three guys, Bar- <coughs> sorry, excuse me, Baron, Bobby, and Drew, like, just work out a way to make Drew the leader of this faction. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Come on. Like, why can't Corbin be clamoring to impress Drew and actually Drew's going to go up against... Or Drew's, like, the main player here and Baron's just going to be sacrificed how is, to lose to Braun. How is Drew in this role? Like, how does his character make sense in this role? This character of just being like, everyone backstage is an idiot and I'm better than everyone. How has he become a lackey? to the general manager elect. It's yeah, it's it's just it's rubbish. The the, the third hour is going to tank. I, I and it's not like oh but there was that because back last year WWE would just put on their main event in hour 2 and then finish with a cruiserweight segment. <laughs> An there hour was, long cruiserweight segment. There was no main event here. There was no, nothing in hour 2. It was just it it was a bad bad show. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. After that opening match with Bobby Lashley and Elias, Baron's backstage and he's screaming at this producer. I don't really know why, because he, he won. Well, no, he was screaming at the producer because he let the lights go out and let Elias... Uh, right. And that's why he fired him. Um, but then, yeah, he fires him and the guy disappears. The camera goes up to Corbin and then goes back. And then Alexa Bliss is there. So I'm like, did the producer just turn into <laughs> Alexa Bliss? No, she materialised into position. Boom. Yeah, it's uh, very hideously staged. You just can't believe in any of this nonsense. And Bliss says, hey... Looks like you've got a lot on your plate. Do you want some help? And Alexa Bliss was so flat in this role. Like, she, well, she yeah, just seemed... And, and it's a shame, because I think she'd be really good in this role. She's a and great promo. Great yeah. promo. And it's a really good use of Alexa while she can't wrestle, because clearly this concussion, or the concussions that she've had are more serious than WWE are letting on. And as each week, as each week passes... I start to get more and more page worries mm. about about Alexa Bliss's situation. And in the end, Corbin says that, hey, look, I need you to oversee the entire women's division. An announcement that really got Renee and Michael Cole riled up because, as they said, she can't be in charge. She's an active part of the roster. And, like, so's Baron. He's in the main event. Yeah. Why, aren't you, why aren't you upset about that? And she isn't. She hasn't wrestled for two months. She's quite clearly injured. Yeah, she had to step aside at Evolution for Alicia Fox to fill in. It's just nonsense. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. But it does fuel those rumours that Bliss will be becoming the overall general manager when Baron inevitably loses at TLC so Braun can go on to face Brock at Royal Rumble. Oh, a heel general manager? Brilliant. Fantastic, eh? Inspired. But then we got Dean Ambrose. It was a, uh, it was like a, just a, not a backstage segment, but an off-site live feed. I don't care. <laughs> and Dean Ambrose is in this physician's office, and he's getting jabs for flu and for rabies because he doesn't want to get a disease from you people. Yeah, you people are vermin. He calls Milwaukee a third world country, all carrying diseases. And apparently we have a stinking putrid breath. And uh, yeah, as he's doing this, he, the, the doctor gives him an injection. He's like, oh. And then the doctor goes, the next one is in your hip. So Dean lowers his trousers as he's talking. It's just... What what happened, man? With this character, if you're scripting a character or scripting something for Dean Ambrose to say this this crazy lunatic, this guy who's become completely unhinged because one of his brothers has suffered this horrible, life-threatening disease, why would you then script him to have a segment where he pulls down his pants so he can get an injection into his butt? Like, why would you do that? Because um, they're, they've, they're obviously, unfortunately, not going with the fascinating, complicated character we all thought he had. And I'm pretty sure was. Like, that isn't me just projecting better ideas onto them. They 
they were telling the story of Dean Ambrose stricken by grief going against and taking it out on Seth Rollins. Like when he was attacking and constantly shouting, I'm sorry it's Seth and like you made me do this and like wondering why is he channeling his grief this way? No, no, no. Now he's just like, I can almost hear Vince McMahon laughing because Dean pulled down his pants during the segment and like what I don't want to be doing is like hearing the audience laugh during a Dean Ambrose <laughs> promo. Well, don't worry about that because no one's laughing. <laughs> it was rubbish. Yeah. And... There's the pre-Survivor Series version of this feud, which was really one of the best things going in WWE. And then the post-Survivor Series feud for the last two Mondays, where Dean Ambrose is now a germaphobe. That's now his character. Dean's a germaphobe. He doesn't like us as fans because we're disease-ridden. And he also sees Seth as a disease-ridden character. I mean, the, the one shining light here was that he didn't blame Roman Reigns getting cancer on what he did in the shield. Yep. Uh, but I, I don't know what's more insulting, to be honest. This is it's just what and then it cuts back to the announcer's desk. Hey Renee, any any chance of talking <laughs> No! No, stop talking to me. It's really difficult at home. Yep. Another week goes by, another <coughs> week of Cole and Corey going like, Renee, you live with him. And she just has to say, Dunno. I don't believe anything that's happening right now. Not in like, oh my god, I can't believe this. What a shock angle. It's like, I literally don't believe anything is real on this show. Which is so damaging when it's professional wrestling. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a ridiculous concept. It's men, it's men like, stage fighting in predetermined combat. Like, the worst thing you can do is add to that element of fakeness. Oh, atrocious. Yeah, she said that it's really hard to get into the head of someone you live with. I, I live with someone it's not. Yeah. Anyway, coming up next. Um, oh, do you remember that really uh, awesome match last week where the Revival lost a three-on-two handicap match to the Loser House Party, uh, yet the Loser House Party are the babyfaces? Well, they just did it again this week. Loser House Party come out, and they're all being luchers. And then Revival come out and cut a promo and say, last week was stupid. We're a tag team. Tag team should be treated like golf. You should just be politely applauding when we do really good stuff or do a really good shot. I quite like that. I quite like that as well. And he said that it's a tag team match. It should be two on two. And then they get into the ring and then Jojo announces it's Lucha House rules again. So it's a three on two handicap match and the Revival lose again. Where is this going? Where is this going? <laughs> And we got Corey Graves, the heel commentator, who you're not meant to agree with, going like, this is ridiculous. And me at home going like, you're right, Corey, it is. And the crowd are going, well, I want I want to cheer for the really cool flipty people, but they're cheating. I mean, they're, this is unfair. And I don't want to cheer for the heels because they just told me not to applaud wrestling. Uh so I'm just going to sit here confused and ambivalent. And there was a moment when Dawson, or Dash or Dawson, whichever one it was, threw Kalisto or whichever one it was to the outside. And one of the other luchas just got into the ring. And then Corey Graves is like, well, this doesn't make sense either. Now they're just getting in without tax. And granted, that is Lucha Libre rules, but that's not being established on TV in the US. So it does look like they're just cheating and celebrating. And they're the good guys. Like, the, the Lucha House Party is a bit of a stupid gimmick, but it's not hard to do right. <laughs> I just, I, the, again, nothing makes sense right now. 
Uh, then we got the Cyber Monday segment with Bailey and Sasha Banks selling their wares. Oh, hey, look, I've got, I'm sporting a, a support Wrestle Talk classic white T-shirt. I'm supporting an Ooh Kingslayer T-shirt, which oh. I think is a perfect gift for a loved one at Christmas. Or, or maybe just even this weekend. Yeah, or someone's birthday or... Wednesday, You know, it's just a perfect gift for any occasion. Head over to WrestleTalkShop.com now and get your T-shirt to support WrestleTalk. Yeah. And then we got a Lars Sullivan video package. Yeah, well, actually, before that, Cole says that Stephanie McMahon and Shane McMahon are fighting furiously Mm. to sign him because he is the hottest free agent in WWE. And that's why we're getting the promos played on both Raw and SmackDown, which really does feel like we're just biding our time until we decide which brand he's going on. Isn't that uh, a really good idea that could have come to a climax at the one time a year when Raw and SmackDown go head to head? Apart from Crown Jewel and Mixed Match Challenge. Maybe a month of WWE programming could have been devoted to whichever brand wins gets Lars Sullivan. And that's why Steph and Shane want to win the (laughs) five on five. I mean, yeah. Or anything, yeah. Imagine. Imagine. So, uh, I I, I said in my review, I think uh, the hottest free agent in the business right now just says they don't know what they're doing with him. Yeah, they they have no idea. They don't know if he's going to Raw or SmackDown, which means they have no storyline plans. Nope. Because how can you start to piece together a feud with someone if you don't even know which roster they're going to be on. Uh, and and that is tremendously worrying because that's exactly what they did with every other single NXT call-up this year, none of which have... They've all been botched. None I know AOP are the tag team champions Oh, right well, now, we'll get to that. But, yes. but no, none of the NXT <coughs> call-ups are over at this point. Did you see the, uh, the joke that I made in the news about Lars Sullivan? Uh, refresh my memory. So Dave Meltzer wrote in The Observer that... Um, He's set to get a big push. He's set to get a super push. Mm. Uh, when he when they finally decide which brand he's going to, he's going to get a super push because he is a Vince McMahon type guy. So I made a joke about Vince McMahon likes big sweaty. I, I remember that. Yeah. And and then I but I made the joke of just like ah well I won't make that joke because it wouldn't be funny anyway. The joke I was actually trying to do is that I wouldn't make that joke funny. But I think the way that it comes across and the way that people saw it, shade, man. I, th- I was throwing shade and that genuinely was not my intent. My intent was I'm not funny enough to make this joke, whereas other people are. But what it came across, because I'm not funny, I was just throwing shade. I, th- I thought it was shade. <laughs> I know. But, you know, that's that's uh, that's kayfabe. We we are in a feud with Coldaholic. They oh have my, my jacket hostage. It was so funny when I was seeing all the results. And I was just like, oh, yeah, it does come across like that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm really bad at this. Just just there. And then you then you turn up on Coldaholic's channel <laughs> I know, just a just few days, days later. later. <laughs> on the straight to hell. Uh, so, okay. Oh here we go. This is This is the next segment. Yeah, it was a weird one, this next segment. So we got like a video package of uh, Becky Lynch being punched in the face by Nia Jax, like really recapping that of like Nia Jax's hashtag face breaker, hashtag potato thrower. And clearly what they're telling from this segment is that the feuds going out of this is Nia versus Becky and Charlotte versus Ronda, not Ronda versus Becky those two aren't really connected. Well, I, I disagree. I think, like, for now, but and then they can... Come together. Come together for WrestleMania. Exactly, yeah. yes. 
So Naya comes and out. I think that's the way it should be. I, well. yeah. I, I agree with that yes. direction. And, and Naya comes out. She hasn't got as much heat as she did last no. week. Like the Survivor Series heat, that LA heat that she had. Like that's that's not really there as much anymore. And she talks about how like the Raw roster should be thankful for being the sole survivor, but she's thankful for baking, breaking Becky's face. And like brags about giving her a concussion, which I don't think is particularly cool in 2018, but that's just. I, I don't mind it. Using it for heel heat? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and she said that like Ronda really wanted that match with Becky, but she took that away and she's going to take away her title at TLC. And then they show like a video package from Money in the Bank with Nia beating up Ronda. And Nia is telling this story that Nia is the result of Ronda's downfall. And that Ronda has failed ever since she had that match of Money in the Bank, despite the fact that she won the Raw Women's Championship after that. Mm. And she's still winning. She's still undefeated. Yeah, the, the Money in the Bank part was really edited to make Nia Jax look really good. <coughs> and then the, the evil, was it? No, no, it was the Survivor Series with Charlotte was made to look Ronda look really bad. Yeah, they told that story. Uh, but not very well. Yeah. The. This was, this was, this was an awful segment. It was essentially a scripted comedy in-ring segment with Nia Jackson to Mina, and it was all the levels of. It was like watching a comedian bomb on stage. Oh yeah, when it just because she started off with the yeah, this fist gave Becky Lynch a concussion, boo, big boo, and then every every line after that she'd pause. Nothing. It was getting quieter and quieter and quieter. Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful had a really great tweet where he was like, I'd imagine the stage directions for Tamina were just raise your eyebrows intermittently. Yeah. Because she just she just stood there and occasionally would just raise her eyebrows and it's, and nod. And she is just like she's not imposing either. She just she's a charisma vacuum. The crowd are chatting amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't they weren't even quiet. They didn't even have that respect to be just silently bored. <laughs> so what are you, you going to do tonight? Yeah. yeah, And just talking like that. This, this should have been a backstage thing. What? And it was billed as Nia Jax's lesson in championship history. <laughs> How did that execute that brief? I don't know. Sure, you, you showed a, a, like some title bits. But like, what? I don't know. But Why then call it that? Ronda comes out and says that Nia is from a warrior culture and she had a punch heard round the world. But at TLC, she's going to tear off Nia's arm and slap Charlotte Flair with it. And then she calls, she called Tamina a monolithic mute. Because that's some badass line right there. That's some, that's some badassery. The monolithic mute. It's just, it's just depressing. It's... The, the saving grace last week was Ronda Rousey had a cool, fiery promo. This this was a rubbish promo. And, yeah, like, with just awkward dialogue. The, apparently Ronda and Paul Heyman are scripting. Yeah. Well, then you did a bad job this week. Yeah, it's really, like, so the, the Millennial Man thing, which I don't know, I mean, they'll probably bring back up again once they reignite the feud between Ronda and Becky. That is all, like, that's Ronda and, and Heyman scripting that. Because I guess Ronda doesn't understand what a Millennial is. Hmm. doesn't understand that she is one and that's why some of this comes across as really phony and odd and yeah this also came across as really phony and odd as well like monolithic monolithic mute is just it's not it's not how people talk like no one says that and it's so then it comes across as scripted gobbledygook and then so then like Naya and Tamina surround Ronda 
Natalia comes well, down. So, yeah, Naya says, oh, well, actually, I was just stalling, stalling for, for time. time. And you're like, but that doesn't make sense. Tamina's been there the entire... She's in the ring. <laughs> she started off in the ring with you. Why is she... How are you stalling for time? What, just to make this more long and boring? I guess so. Like, Tamina hasn't snuck in. You haven't distracted Ronda from anything. But anyway, Natalia comes down because they're best friends again, I guess. Um, But as she's running down, she gets attacked by the Riot Squad. More heel heat. (laughs) I tell you what, that bit when the Riot Squad just jump out and attack Natalia from nowhere. I mean, was that what Nia was stalling for? How did she know Natalia? I don't even want to get into that. I laughed because I was just like, well, that is the cherry on top of this absolute bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> absolute bad stuff. Natalia runs in and run- like just how does that work? That how the Riot Squad didn't know that. <laughs> but I would say, despite the fact that I didn't think that was a very good segment, what came next was worse. Yeah. So again. I mean, the amount of times they have recapped this Drake Maverick. It's the only thing from Survivor Series that survived. <laughs> yeah, of all the things. Of all the things. We wanted you to take so many things from Survivor Series and you've taken this. And to, to the extent where, obviously, Vince McMahon must find this hilarious oh, to rewatch. It, it's toilet humour. That's it. It's got it's a very hard record that Vince McMahon thinks the funniest things in the world are stutters and uh, toilet humour. Mm. And I, 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 so I think that's part of it. But I also think, I genuinely believe WWE resent their most loyal fan base, which is us. And this is, I think they play it and they're like, ah, oh, let's just troll them. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're intentionally trolling us with this crap. Uh, they're All taking a piss. piss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they recap that and... Drake Maverick cuts a promo backstage saying they're going to teach Chad Gable and Bobby Roode a lesson. And AOP talk. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, at the end of that promo, they, one says, laugh now. And the other says, cry later. It's like, the point of having a manager is so you guys don't have to talk. I know. At least when they did it with Paul Ellery, <coughs> they didn't talk English. They just they talked in their own native tongues. And it sounded so scary and imposing and threatening. Here, when they say stupid lines like "laugh now," "sphere later," whatever the hell it was, "cry later," it sounds lame. It's, and and yeah. poor old Drake. Drake essentially said, like, Drake came out and said, like, "Yeah, I pissed myself." And the reason why I pissed myself is because I was so scared. I was like, "Well, cool. You're not a great manager, then, are you? Why should I take anything you do seriously?" Yeah. And then it's like, it's fine to have this character. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of it, but if anyone can make it work, Spud can, because he's he's very, very good. And this is such a waste of his talent. Such a waste. Uh, but they don't have it with AOP. It's like, like AOP, this, this is not the act to do this with. I always thought it was a really odd pairing anyway of Drake Maverick with AOP. Because remember, it just sort of happened out of nowhere. Mm. All of a sudden, Drake Manager was a manager on, on Raw. Same way that Leo Rush was just randomly a manager on Raw. Because I think 205 Live had its own different continuity. But yeah, they still appear on main roster pay-per-views. Shrug. Um, but yeah, I think doing it with AOP, your your tag team champions, just doesn't work. And it just doesn't make them seem like a threat. Because they're getting, now getting a chance of AOPP mm. at them. And that doesn't make them seem cool or scary. Uh, I, I will say one positive of this is Chad Gable cutting a promo. 
So backstage, Rude and Gable are there. And, and Chad, he's, he's so earnest, and I, I believe in him when he talks. And he says, you know, this was the whole reason I approached Bobby and we got this act together. We're getting a tag team championship shot here. Coveted That's what it's all about. Titles. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that is what <laughs> it's all about. <coughs> I wish you like, I wish WWE treated it that way. And they have a match. The match is, you know, it's fine. It's just there, really. It's but not it, the point. I was going to say, the point of the segment was not to have a match. Uh, Maverick gets Bobby Roode's $10,000 robe. That was the figure Corey Graves gave us. Yep. Which, uh, I mean, how much was Charlotte Flair fined? 100000 Is it 100000 Yeah, it's a, t- oh, it's a tenth of expensive. what. It is expensive. Uh, but... Uh, Bobby keeps wrestling and Drake walks off backstage with it. And then Drake appears on the Titan Tron. He's in the toilet and he puts the robe in the toilet, kicks it down there. And yet he pisses on it. He urinates on it. Um, <laughs> although I did laugh while whistling um, Bobby the Rude's entrance theme. I thought that was a nu- that did make me laugh. Bobby the Rude. Bobby the Rude's entrance theme. You know the, him. Yeah. Uh, so this distracted Rude enough. Presumably by its... Uh, oh, my God. I'm doing this. I'm doing this on Raw. Look at me on NXT. And I'm doing this now with my life. Yeah. And he got rolled up. Uh, no, no, he didn't get rolled no, up. They, they, hit, just, they hit a move on him and won. And, and won. So, yeah. Yeah. But we are not done there with bad segments. Oh, God, Because no. Alexa Bliss then says backstage, Hey, Bailey and Banks, I know that we don't always get on. You really don't. Because just the just two weeks ago you freaking ambushed them. Yep. Uh, but you know, as my first act as women's general manager of Raw, I, w- I want you to have a Q and A with the crowd, yeah. with the live audience, an open forum, because then they can get to know you a bit more. Bailey asks if it's going to be another "This is your life" segment, and uh, she says no. WWE, they're recognizing how bad their own TV is from earlier this year, which would be funny. I think it was last year. No, it was this year. No, was it really this year? Pretty sure it was this year. God, I feel like it was last year. It feels like a decade ago. Oh, no. I mean, oh, right. that's, I'm going uh, to Google things live on air. Bailey. Oh, man. Who, oh, yeah, of course, because Bailey life. and Sasha were in the feud. Yeah, June 3rd, 2017. Damn it. Yeah. Screwed it up in my news. <laughs> uh, Bennett, the, uh, where was I? Yeah, so WWE making fun of a bad segment, mm-hmm. which, would be, which would be funny if what they would put in on now was good. But what you're essentially saying is, oh, remember that terrible segment we put on? We're going to, like, yeah, we're, we're still bad. Yeah. Because this is going to be bad too. Uh, we get a, that Finn Balor promo. Then we get, I'm not even going to dignify this. Ember Moon beats Alicia Fox. Ember Moon's teaming with Kurt Hawkins now. For Mixed Match Challenge. Remember when that team started out as Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman? Yeah. And then and then No Way Jose parties down to the ring and Jinder Mahal beats No Way Jose. But both matches went at about a minute each. Yeah. And did nothing for anyone. It was like filler. And I know, because like, someone said this to me last week as well. It's like, well, these shows have to be filler because they're going up against Monday Night Football and they don't want to try. And it's like, well, that's the total opposite of what they should be doing. Surely you should be trying to put on a good product to make people want to tune into it. Like, is, like am I mad on that? Am I wrong? No, no, no. You're just, uh, you, 
I, I think people have bought into WWE's own insane argument. Like, that's a stupid argument. It's like, well, no one's going to watch anyway, so why bother trying? Well, like, mate, I am watching because I'm not interested in, in Monday Night Football. I don't get it over here in the UK, so we have to watch this. So try. Reward your most loyalist fans. Make the people who watch Monday Night Football be like, oh, man, I should have watched Raw this, this week. And then, you know, taped. Like, the... On demand stuff. Yeah. People can still go back and watch it. Yeah, and like when WWF were competing with Nitro and they were losing in the ratings, they didn't go just throw their hands and be like, I mean, we're losing in the night, like losing in the ratings, so don't need to bother this week, really, do we? Like, no, they put, they, they got their backs against the wall, and like, no, we need to fight, we need to try, because otherwise we're going to go out of business. And then they're in absolutely no fear of, of running out of, of, of going out of business. There is absolutely no chance in hell, to quote a Vince McMahonism, that WWE is going to go out of business off the back of this poor roar. But at the same time, just try. Like, just make people want to tune in. Like, where is where else in the world is that a strategy? <laughs> Are there some more competitions? So we're just not going to try this week. Yeah. That is not a long-lasting thing. That, that's like, that is... That's the attitude of a failure. Yeah, eventually they'll come back. Um, but we did get next possibly the best thing on Raw, but that's oh, not actually, saying much. Can I? Uh, I do want to add in that Alexa in that uh, Ember Moon thing. Yeah. That was my favourite moment on uh, Raw, which is when Moon won, and then Kurt Hawkins reacted like he won, and Moon crapped her pants because she he really he scared her because he overreacted, and I, that did make me laugh. Mm, because Hawkins is infamously a loser. Yes. Uh, Seth Rollins came out next, and he brought back the Intercontinental Title Open Challenge gimmick. <laughs> Are you all right there? Just oh, chuckling. Well, Shane just, Douglas in. I was just Shane Douglas in here because everyone was so excited for this mm. segment. Good Lord, when he announced this yesterday, I'm bringing <coughs> back the Open Challenge. Everyone was speculating, who's it going to be? Could it be like a 205 Live guy? All the 205 Live guys were like retweeting him going like, oh, I'll be there. Oh, I'll, I'll be the one to answer it. Ricochet was like, oh, I'll do it. Title v. Title, that'd be really fun. All these guys. Gorilla Position put up a tweet saying like, I can't wait for this. Reply to me in GIF format who you want it to be. And there's all these GIFs of being like Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black and Adam Cole and all these names and all these names. And I myself thought like, Man, I really miss John Cena's US Open Challenge. Like, consistently, it was always a great match every week on, on Raw. And it was always a surprise. We got to see underutilized undercard talent being put over, even in defeat. They still came out more over from that segment than they were going into it. Oh, this could be a really cool thing. And then as Seth Rollins was coming down to the ring, I thought to myself, you know, I don't think Dolph Ziggler was that annoyed that he lost the Intercontinental Championship. I wonder what happened to that storyline. And then I thought to myself, Oh no, he's going to answer. And then as soon as the record scratch hit, I I mean, I watched Raw on my own, but I did roll my eyes and I went, "Ugh! Why? Why Ziggler? Why this match again?" It's like they accidentally played a repeat. Yeah, of, of Raw. Uh, or a clip show like how of do you, the worst parts of Raw this year. How do you come to this decision? How do you look at your entire roster of guys and be like, Stu Dolph again? Because it's not going to play into anything next week. This is a one <laughs> and done thing. Yeah. Uh, so just before we get on to the match, um, Seth did say that he's done chasing Dean around. But even though Ambrose says he's not here, I'm, I'm on, on the lookout for him. So I thought I appreciated that as, you know, a smart baby face to wrestling. In the fit, like... 
uh, shenanigans. Do you want a fun fact, though? Go on, then. So this was in my news today, you might have seen. Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler have shared the ring 15 times since June 18th, with seven being singles matches. That's 15 times in 24 weeks. You could select a random week of WWE and have a 62.5% chance of seeing this match. Well, I, I just, for a random joke, I said their 14th match this year together. It's more. <laughs> it's I more. thought 14 was a high, like a hilariously high number. <laughs> Uh, but so, thank the, you, thank you very much for. Um, uh, oh, I've lost the the name now, but you said, you're in the news. But thank you for sending that across. I really appreciate that. We love numbers. I uh, do love numbers. Scott Steinery numbers. Yeah, it was. The match was, um, you know, it was good. As I said earlier, of course I've, it was. I, I've I've heard this song way too much though. Yeah, there was a, a pretty good near fall off a missed frog splash, and then Dolph hit the Faymasser. Uh, crowd were really into the burn it down chance. This was the only other time really that the. The very good crowd, yeah, crowd got something worth cheering. Yeah, crowd were super into this, to be fair. And then at the end, Dolph Ziggler's going to the top rope, and I'm thinking, well, he doesn't. Maybe he's actually going to hit a, a top rope move. What could this be? Seth hops up, superplex, falcon arrow, and won with that. And that was the kind of finish where I wasn't like, oh, my God, he won with the falcon arrow. I was like, wow, they've just used every other finish. <laughs> They're out of finishes. They're out of ideas. Uh, but it's cool to see someone with with the Falcon Arrow, but that's what I thought. I thought it's, uh, a, it's a nice move to finish on for a change, but at the same time, a different match would have been much preferred. Like, there's so many guys on that roster that could have had this role that are not doing anything, and it didn't need to be like a well, we need to elevate a new guys. No, it's just like have a great match, and at the end of it, people can look at that person with a different eyes. Maybe, who knows? Someone might accidentally get over off the back of it. Well, that's the danger, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Do you remember Apollo Crews was getting that push? (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when Mojo Rawley was getting that push for a few few weeks? I don't even know what brand he's on anymore. He's on Raw, I think. Oh, who cares? He was feeding with Noah Jose. Seth Rollins and Neville. I always think of that match. And that was like, that was a match that got Neville over. People bought into that Red Arrow near fall. That's one of the best near falls on Raw in recent times. And that was, you know, that was Seth Rollins helping put someone over in a Seth Rollins match and yeah I, I, I feel like if Apollo Crews that's the last thing I can see that's going to get him over and that's this kind of match yeah but anyway uh, because we've already talked about the main main event with Finn Balor and Baron Corbin we're going to talk about the equally frustrating <clears throat> co-main event or like you know the last segment before then which was that previously teased Sasha Banks and Bailey Q&A with Alexa Bliss moderating. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Charlie's at yeah. ringside to, to get questions. Um, and then uh, it was just an excuse for Alexa to make fun of the crowd for a little bit. And then... F- Don't look at me. Oh, that's just your face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your, your mouth looks a bit weird or something along those lines. And then eventually a plant puts her hand up and she's wearing a Ronda Rousey t-shirt. No, was that a plant? Yeah. No. She was, she was, I mean, she was less convincing than those Roman ones that you claim were plants earlier this year. Hey. <laughs> but she asked, she's like, hey, what would you change about the division, the women's division on Raw? And then Bailey, like an idiot, says, nothing, I think it's great. You idiots, no, it's not, it's terrible at the moment. You absolute idiot. And then uh, she was made to look so bad. Like so bad. I'm just happy to be (laughs) here. Honestly, who thinks that's a good idea to to script Bailey's character that way? Her line later was so much worse, though, because Banks says if I was to change anything, I would trade Alexa Bliss back to SmackDown. 
which was delivered pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I like, I, you never know what's real between Bliss and Banks. The rumour is that they've actually got kind of a backstage heat thing going yep. on. I, 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 I felt that, and I love Banks. Uh, I, I would wish she was like this more. Uh, but yeah, sorry, over to you. Well, yeah, and then uh, Bliss starts talking about how like Bailey's holding Banks back or whatever. It's like you used to be women's champion, now you're just in a tag team. I at one point, and I've said this so many times this year, I thought this might be the introduction of the women's tag team titles. I thought it was like if you were to change anything about this division, what would it be? And Bailey says women's tag team titles. Like that, I almost thought that's where it was going. But that, that would have given it a point. Well, Luke. well, I, well, clearly that's when that was my mistake, uh, and then. Bailey says this line where she goes, I wouldn't trade Bliss back to SmackDown. Quote, I would uh, I want to send her back to hell where she came from. Lame. Lame. It's not it's not, it's not, a, not a good line. Yeah, I don't know why you would it's rubbish. It is rubbish. Like I didn't go I, I wasn't like, oh that was really funny in a lame way a or burn. oh that was badass. So just like you just look rubbish. Does, is Bliss from hell? Is she a demoness? That's never been a character before. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, it was it was bad stuff all around. And uh, Alexa Bliss, I just feel like her heart isn't in it at the moment. Alexa Bliss is a great promo. She's really good at riling up the crowd. She was on second gear at best here. Thanks, like, yeah. she, was, she was doing, you know, when she's doing stuff with the crowd at the start, she seemed... That, that that was like twenty percent capacity of heel Alexa. Yeah, I don't know if it's because she's like she's sad that she can't compete at the moment, or she's not creatively fulfilled by this. Uh, but yeah, just no one was good in this. No, and you kind of. I mean, the writing was on the wall that this was going to be a bad segment anyway. But, like, when Sasha Banks came out, and you can always tell if a Sasha Banks segment is going to be good or not by her facial reaction when she comes out. Like, if she's going to lose a match, she's not smiling. Um, she's winning. Can't wipe a smile off her face. So, you, just by the look on Banks's face when she came out here, you're like, oh, she doesn't buy into this segment whatsoever. She knows that this is bad. And then bad it got because from out of nowhere, Mickey James, Alicia Fox, and Dana Brooke attacked oh, them was from Alicia behind. Alicia Fox there? Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, was I thought, she definitely there. I thought it was Mandy Rose at one point because yeah. they got bright, like platinum mm. blonde hair. But no, I'm pretty sure it was Alicia Fox because she's the only other woman. <laughs> when when Ember Moon came out for a match earlier, I went Ember Moon versus, and I was racking through my brain, going like, who else could it be? And I was like, ah, oh, Dana Brooke. And then when Alicia Fox, I was like, oh no, of course, yeah, Alicia Fox is the one I'm missing. Uh, Dana Brooke, by the way, just 48 hours ago was teaming with Bailey and Sasha Banks at the Starcade show. So. If anyone thought that that might actually mean something, it didn't. Yeah, but at the so end, after this, Bailey and Banks stood tall. So this again. We uh, did the NXT Toronto review go up yesterday? It did. Yeah. So uh, the Wrestle Ramble extra for this month, which was NXT Takeover Toronto from 2016, that's up now for Patreon exclusive. It's for for five dollar and above backers. Uh, and that's a match that has Mickey James's first return back to WWE in a match against Asuka. And we were like, you know, wow. She's such a good wrestler. She's so solid. And she's got so much experience. She's really solid in the ring. And and we, we talked about how much she's been botched on the main roster since and just slowly chipped away at any of that legend status. All-time great she was billed when she returned to NXT TakeOver. And here she is. You can't, you can't even be 100% certain that it was Mickey James because it was such a throwaway beatdown. Yeah. That's what she is now. This was a terrible episode of Raw. 
It was boring. It was three hours long. There was bad stuff in it. There was uh, potentially character ruining stuff in it with AOP. Uh, Nia Jax is not the right person to give in-ring comedy segments to. And and the main event storyline is is completely uninspiring. And Rollins and Ambrose has taken a very banal turn. I gave it a bore. And yet I thought last week's episode was worse. Uh, but I would also give this a bore. Maybe a high bore because the Rollins-Ambrose match... No, Rollins-Ziggler match, match was at least good. Well, sorry for all the negativity there, folks. But... um. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good time in WWE right now, and it likely won't be until Royal Rumble season kicks in. Yeah. I've got something else I did over the weekend oh, that you? you're like. Oh, yeah. So went round my mate's house. It was his birthday, and he uh, he's a board game aficionado. Ooh. So we played a board game. What'd you play? Well, first off, we played the Cyanide and Happiness version of Cards Against Humanity mm-hmm. which was okay then we played the game that where... just feels like it would just be Cards Against Humanity <coughs> it is but with cartoon strips and you make up your own cartoon well, it's that's quite cool eh, it's okay for a bit I guess and I like I, I, I love Cyanide and Happiness uh, but the the other one was where you all have numbers from 1 to 100 and you don't know which numbers the other people have got you're not allowed to talk and you've just got to go like I've got this number and you've got to do it in sequence without tripping over anyone that was fun, but we were terrible at it. Mm-hmm. And then the last game we played, which was Birthday Boy's favourite, and you know he got to choose, was Cosmic Encounter. Mm. Have you played this? I have not. No. It's complicated. Yeah. He was like, guys, guys, you're gonna love this. It's a sci-fi game. I was like, okay, okay. Where's this going? Based on uh, galactic diplomacy. And you've got to negotiate, but you know maybe you haven't. Maybe you've you pretended that it's an alliance, but then you haven't. You turn over the cards, and one person's like betrayed you. Oh, so it's okay, like a, yeah, yeah. You, you agree everything, but really it's the the flipping over of things that counts. But that could damage your relationships. But it was so complicated, and we'd accidentally set up the advanced version of the game. So we were playing the basic version, which was hard enough, and then we'll get like occasionally a card in the deck, and be like. Well, what does that do? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Cosmic Encounter. Mm. I think it's the, the sort of game that gets very good on your eighth try, try of playing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, I've got a game that I might try and play uh, this coming weekend. And because I haven't played in a while, I really like it called Mysterium. Mm. Really, really good game. Um, How does that go? So essentially, one player at the, uh, at the, the end of the table is uh, a ghost. A ghost! And they have a board in front of them that has got, like, murder clues on there. The aim of the game is for the uh, the ghost to communicate with the players who are clairvoyants and whatnot how they were murdered or how the ghost was murdered. So, like, each clairvoyant has, like, their own sort of guide of, like, killer, location, and weapon. And I then have to translate that to you by giving you abstract images that are on these cards. And you have to try and interpret the vision that I have given you to what's on the board to try and then work out what what I'm trying to tell you and try and point you in the right direction. Is this something you want to play on Saturday? Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm I'm up for that. Yeah. It's a bit spooky in the spirit of Luke's Stranger Things themed party. That's right. Everyone's invited. Obviously, yeah, if you can find where we are. I mean, they can find you at London. <laughs> at London, <Yeah>. comma, general. <laughs> um, 
they got this email here from David K. Hulgard uh, that I wanted to write. He's called himself Dave Hulgard. Hulgardian of the Galaxy, he's called himself, nice. which is nice. Uh, hello, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. My wife and I have just returned from a wonderful Survivor Series weekend in Los Angeles where we celebrated our 10-year anniversary the best way we think we could, uh, the best way we could have thought. We had a great time and were fortunate enough to meet several superstars and crew members. Though we accumulated many great Rusev Hay stories, today I wanted to share you a story that's more of a Rusev Hay adjacent. Hmm. Having purchased one of WWE's travel packages for the event, my wife and I were seated in the front row all weekend long. I had one goal in mind going in. I was going to meet the long-haired superfan and his mum who were ah. always visible on camera at pay-per-view events, <coughs> usually with Ascension and Dolph Ziggler signs. I mean, who are these people? I had to know. As it turns out... And by the way, I'm really curious about this myself. This is... This has been a thing since 2015. Yeah. I felt like I was the first person to... Not the first person, but I was... Oh, man, now I sound like an idiot. I was, I'm going to say, I was talking about him before everyone else. Because <laughs> you went to progress before was, it was cool. But uh, I was, but just carry on. It's the sort of thing that, open my mouth. Sort of thing that Ross Twiddell uh, gave you heat for. Yeah. Well, that hasn't gone live yet. No, it's it? next month. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the email. As it turned out, we were seated only a few chairs away from them. No. Following takeover, I approached them and politely introduced myself with an icebreaker, saying, I kind of feel, though, I already know you. <laughs> they laughed and shook my hand. I believe this information is already on the internet, but it was nice to confirm that his name is indeed Simon and his mum's name is Alice. I'd also like to note that they are both very friendly, particularly Alice, who is a total sweetheart. Aww. After a brief conversation, I asked them for a photo and they obliged. I've attached it in this email for you. The lovely blonde woman photo bombing us in the background is my wife, Jenny. So that is the photo. That is amazing. Hey, that... did we meet this guy? He does look very familiar, doesn't he? I feel like we've met this guy at either MediaCon or... Well, he wouldn't have been at our show if he was in America. But he might not be an American. He might have gone across to LA mm. to celebrate their 10-year anniversary. That's insane. Yeah. Look at them. Well, that was wow. the thing that caught my eye on this email, it must be said, uh, David. Although the mystery remained uh, of who they are and exactly how they managed to turn up at every pay-per-view, at least I can put names to their faces. Before I go, I just want to add that WrestleTalk is my absolute favorite wrestling podcast, and I appreciate all the time and effort you lot put into keeping us podswafters entertained. Keep up the great, consistent work with all sincerity. Thank you. David Hewler, Guardian of the Galaxy. Ah, oh, thank you, David. And thanks for that photo, because I am I am fascinated by Simon and Alice. Mm -hmm. They're over with me. Yeah. Because, like, that is... So many super fans... <coughs> they start off as just fans, like a Brock Lesnar guy and Frank the Clown. And then I think the fame overwhelms them, and they think they're bigger than the thing. But what I've always appreciated about Simon and his mother Alice, is that they just sit there and they just watch the show. They just want to enjoy and the show. I think they, they're like the perfect fan in that they're always cheering the right bits and booing the right bits. Yeah. So I have, I have the utmost respect to them. I'm baffled how they can live normal lives <laughs> by being at every single Raw, SmackDown and pay-per-view taping. Absolutely. It's not like, do you remember when uh, Frank the Clown got really upset because WWE put up an article of like their top fans? He was really upset that he was not part of the list. Like genuinely really annoyed that WWE didn't recognize him as a super fan. Mm. Not Simon and Alice. They would. No. They, they probably wouldn't even know that WWE.com did an article. Yeah. Like the majority of WWE fans. <laughs> uh, let's have some jokes before we get out of here. This genuinely is one of my favorite jokes ever. I went to the shop to buy six cans of Sprite. It was only when I got home I realized I'd picked seven up. 
Okay. Coming from this is from out. Harry Iverson. My deaf wife told me that we need to talk. That's not a good sign. Sign. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a guy going around dipping his testicle. Oh. There's a guy going around dipping his testicles into glitter. It's pretty nuts. <laughs> My friend drowned in a bowl of alpen. It was the current that took him under. It's from uh, $10 Pledgehammer Airport Bus Driver Whoop Whoop Cheer po Cheap Pop of My Own, Harry. Thank you very much for those, Harry. I, I enjoy uh, some of those. Um, Harry, driver to the stars, we should call it. <laughs> the driver he once to the stars. drove the entire Raw <laughs> roster from Newcastle Airport, didn't he? <laughs> That's right, the driver to the stars. It reminds me of that joke. It was in, um, do you remember, I think it was called Rockin' Ships. It was the prequel to Only Fools and Horses they did mm. a few years ago where... Um, Nicholas Linhurst essentially played Rodney's father. And uh, he, he tells a joke on that where he knew a friend of his that died in a coffee-making factory. And he said he just fell into the, 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 you know, the mixer and, and it was killed. And she goes, oh, that sounds tragic. Goes, no, it was instant. Very good. Very good. But that is all we've got time for on this edition. We're going to be back tomorrow with SmackDown. Fingers crossed it's a better show. Otherwise, I'm going to get lynched in the comments. <laughs> Take care. Love you. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.